0: and Data Privacy Podcast. This series is designed to provide a high-level overview of what businesses and industry professionals need to know about cybersecurity and data privacy issues. We cover topics, trends, and developments, while also discussing the fundamentals of the law. My name is Beth Shirley, and I'm your host again for this week's episode. As a partner at Burr & Foreman for over two decades, my practice is focused on cybersecurity and data privacy with a background in commercial litigation. On this episode, we'll be discussing a summary and comparison of U.S. data privacy laws since the enactment of California's CCPA and CPRA, which were the first in the U.S. to directly delve into the area of protecting privacy rights of individuals. And we examined the CCPA and the CPRA in the first episode in our series. California started the process of individual U.S. states enacting the various state privacy laws. And the first one was CCPA, the California Consumer Privacy Act, which went into effect on January 1st, 2020. After California, next came Virginia, Colorado, Utah, and Connecticut, in passing their own similar but varying privacy laws. Tracking compliance with each of these states' individual data privacy laws can be challenging for a business that collects, uses, retains, sells, and or shares personal information, which is most businesses these days, because it includes employees, and that also engage in targeting, advertising, and profiling, because there's no generally applicable federal law at this time. so companies have to look at the audiences that they're targeted to and the basically the residents of the various states um, for which they, the companies that is, collect personal information of individuals. So we'll start by first looking at Virginia's privacy laws. After California, Virginia enacted its data privacy law, the Consumer Data Protection Act. CDPA or the VCDPA, as it's not so catchingly called. Um, Virginia's privacy law goes into effect on January 1st, 2023, so start of this coming year. Virginia's law applies to entities that conduct business in Virginia or produce products or services that are targeted to Virginia residents. So that's similar to CCPA, which looks at either the place of business where the organization is located and or the uh, individuals uh, whose personal information that business collects. So one of those two elements to qualify under Virginia's data privacy law and that either A, control or process the personal data, of at least 100,000 consumers during a calendar year or B, control or process the personal data of at least 25,000 consumers and derive at least 50% of its gross revenue from the sale of personal data. So it's not just dispositive whether a company is located in Virginia or has some personal information of Virginia residents, it has to meet either of those thresholds. With regard to A, which is controlling or processing the personal data of at least hundred thousand consumers during a calendar year, this is the same hundred thousand threshold that is contained in the CPRA, which of course doubled the fifty thousand dollar threshold that was set out in CCPA in California. Pursuant to Virginia's law, the sale of personal information is defined more narrowly than in California. It is the exchange of personal data for monetary consideration by the controller to a third party. Controller is used essentially consistent with GDPR over in the EU, and it refers in generic terms to the business that's collecting the information and that is in charge of making decisions regarding the personal information. So California uses the standard for sale of monetary sales, like Virginia, and also anything else for valuable consideration. Like I said, Virginia's is a bit more narrow. Under Virginia's law, the definition of a sale contains certain exclusions. This would be disclosures to processors. Again, processors is used Consistent with GDPR, well, essentially consistent with GDPR, at least as the term is discussed. And so it would be a controller who's in charge of the data asking a processor, a third party vendor, to handle the data in some form, to store it, to manage some services with regard to it. That would be a processor. So disclosures from the controller to the processor are not considered a sale under Virginia law. Also not considered a sale is disclosure to a third party for purposes of providing products or services that are requested by the consumer. Disclosures to the controller's affiliate are not defined as a sale. And disclosures of information that consumers intentionally made available to the general public via mass media and do not restrict a specific audience. Those are not constituting a sale. So Virginia's privacy law essentially provides similar rights to individuals as does California's laws. The right to access, which means the right to confirm whether a controller, whether a business is processing the consumer's personal data and allowing that consumer to access his or her personal data. The right to correct which means the right to correct inaccuracies in personal information, considering the nature of the personal information and the purposes of processing the consumer's personal information. Virginia's law also contains the right to delete, the right to data portability, which is basically to obtain a copy of the consumer's personal information that the consumer previously provided to the controller in a portable format, a usable format, to the extent possible, such that when it's transferred to the consumer, to another entity, the consumer's choice, it's actually readable. And then the right to opt out, which is the right to opt out of the processing of the consumer's personal information. This is again similar to California's, but it's the right to process their personal information with regard to targeted advertising the sale of personal information, and profiling. Profiling is essentially activity that advances decisions that produce legal or similarly significant effects concerning a consumer. So it's where a company will analyze certain data regarding a consumer and profile them in a certain way such that it could have legal effects for that consumer as to you know, what products they're off, what products they qualify for. So, for example, with credit. So consumers have a right to opt out of all of those things in Virginia's law. And they have a right to appeal as well, which is where a business must respond to a consumer's request that they make pursuant to the processes for controlling their personal information. And that appeal must be responded to within 45 days. If there's a good reason or it's reasonable that the controller needs more time to respond, they can get in another 45 days as long as they let the consumer know before expiration of the first 45 days that they're gonna need that additional time. There are limits on collection that are affirmatively imposed under Virginia's privacy law. There are various other affirmative obligations imposed on controllers under Virginia's law. So this is slightly different than a consumer's rights. It is what the organization is required to do. Again, there is a limit on collection, which means that businesses must collect data that is only adequate, relevant, and reasonably necessary in relation to the purposes for which the data is being processed. So, essentially, businesses can't just collect any personal information that it thinks may be helpful, you know, down the road or it wants to engage in, you know, marketing potentially down the line. It needs to collect and stay focused on the data that is required for the purposes that it's being requested. There are limits on use, uh, which means once the personal information has been collected, a business must not process personal data For purposes that are neither reasonably necessary nor compatible with the disclosed purposes for which such personal data is processed as disclosed to the consumer unless the consumer consents. So essentially when a consumer gives their personal information to a controller, a controller can't then go use it in another way that was not authorized or otherwise consented to by the consumer. There are certain technical safeguards that a controller must have to protect the personal information that it's collecting. These should be administrative safeguards, technical safeguards, and physical data security practices that protect the confidentiality, integrity, and accessibility of personal data. So that's kind of a general safety and security Scheme that is provided throughout a number of privacy laws where security is required in various areas and for various purposes. Now, as to what specifically a business must do to comply with those standards is industry specific. It is not specifically defined in Virginia's law um, or other privacy laws that we have discussed thus far. Virginia's law requires data protection assessments, which is where controllers are required to evaluate the risks associated with personal information processing. There's no specific time frame that is designated under Virginia's law for doing these data protection assessments. There are also required data processing agreements, which is where the processing activities by a separate processor on behalf of the controller must be governed by a data processing agreement. Uh, These agreements have to clearly set out the instructions from the controller to the processor for processing personal information, the nature and scope of that processing, the type of data that's gonna be processed, the duration that it can be processed, and the rights and obligations of both parties. This is essentially to ensure that when a controller uses a processor for personal information processing, it is treated by the processor in a way that is consistent with how the controller is obligated to treat it, such that no misuse is made by the processor. And the Virginia Privacy Law requires a privacy notice to consumers slash individuals. This is similar to CCPA and CPRA. That privacy policy must disclose similar elements to California's laws, categories of personal information processed by the controller, the purpose for processing that personal information, how consumers may exercise their rights to control their personal information and appeal um, a controller's decision with regard to that information, the categories of personal information that the controller shares with third parties, if there are any, and the categories of third parties, if any, with whom the controller shares the personal data. So the consumer is allowed and has a right to know all of this information about the handling of the personal information. So that's a general overview of Virginia. There are a lot more detailed provisions, but those are some of the ones that are generally of of note to organizations in understanding the general scope of the law. And Colorado is similarly structured, as are the other states that we'll discuss in a few minutes. So Colorado's state privacy law was the next to be enacted after Virginia's. It's called the Colorado Privacy Act or CPA. It goes into effect on July 1st, 2023. So six months, seven months after Virginia's. Colorado's law is consistent in many ways with the Virginia's data privacy law. It applies to entities that conduct business in Colorado or produce or deliver commercial products or services that are intentionally targeted to residents of Colorado. So both of those two elements, just like we saw in California and Virginia. And then it's those two elements and one of the following. A, control or process the personal data of at least 100,000 consumers or more during a calendar year, or B, derive revenue or receive a discount on the price of goods or services from the sale of personal information and process or control the personal data of 25,000 consumers or more. As to A, which is regarding the controlling or processing of personal data of at least 100,000 consumers, this is the same standard as set out in Virginia's data privacy law. The CPA or California's privacy law defines the sale of personal information as the exchange of personal data for monetary or other valuable consideration by the controller to a third party. Therefore, the CPA is consistent with California's law and it is not the more restrictive definition of a sale that is contained in Virginia's law. Similar to Virginia's law that California excludes certain types of disclosures from the scope of a sale colorado's law excludes disclosures to a processor that processes personal information on behalf of a controller disclosures to a third party for purposes of providing a product or service requested by the consumer and disclosures or transfers to a controller's affiliate it also excerpts from a sale disclosures or transfers to a third party as an asset in a proposed or actual merger, acquisition, bankruptcy, or other transaction in which the third party assumes control of all or part of the controller's assets. So if a company is looking to enter into a deal for acquisition or merger with another company, then personal information can be disclosed and it's not considered a sale. And not considered a sale are disclosures that a consumer directs The controller to make by using the controller to interact with the third party or that was intentionally made available by a consumer to the general public via mass media again this is similar to Virginia's the CPA um, provides the same essentially consumer rights as Virginia's privacy law the right of access the right to correction the right to delete the right to data portability The right to opt out of targeted advertising, the sale of personal data, and profiling that can affect decisions producing legal or similarly significant effects concerning a consumer. However, with regard to a consumer's right to opt out, controllers must honor opt out signals as a method for consumers to exercise their opt out rights. So this one is not present in in all of the privacy laws, but under Colorado law, controllers must have a method of evaluating whether the consumer has employed opt-out signals, and if so, honor those as an opt-out request. The Colorado law also contains the same general controller obligations as Virginia's law. So again, these are things that a business has to do. Duty of transparency which includes a privacy notice, letting consumers and individuals know what the company's privacy practices are with regard to use of personal information. Duty of purpose specification, you know, let the consumers know why their personal information is being collected and what it's going to be used for. Duty of data minimization, don't collect more than you need to. Duty to avoid secondary use, don't use the data for anything that wasn't disclosed and isn't related. Duty of care with regard to technical safeguards. Again, that's the administrative, organizational, physical security, technical security of personal information to make sure that the company is doing all it can to keep to keep the personal information protected and you know in reality to try to protect it from any sort of data breach if that should happen. And under Colorado's law, there is a duty regarding processing sensitive personal information that can only be processed after obtaining consent. So this is a little bit different than the general rule, which is individuals' consent to use their personal information as long as disclosures are made to them and they have the right to opt out. Here, when there is sensitive personal information that is being collected, that has to be specifically consented to. And then there is another right of a contract being in place for data processing between the controller and the processor. Generally, the same protections as set out in Virginia's law. After Colorado came Utah in passing its privacy law, that is the Utah Consumer Privacy Act or the UCPA. That happened on March 24, 22, so not too long ago this year. The UCPA, Utah's law, goes into effect December thirty-first, 2023. So over a year from now when we're recording this, Utah's law contains some provisions that are more favorable to businesses and that is not as encompassing in data privacy rights as Virginia's and Colorado's laws. So it's a little more relaxed for business obligations and for providing consumer rights than Virginia and Colorado. Utah's law applies to any controller or processor that A, conducts business in Utah or produces products or services that are targeted to Utah residents as consumers, you know, this is similar to California, Virginia, and Colorado. And B has annual revenue of $25,000 or more, and meets one or more of the following thresholds: during the calendar year, controls or processes personal data of 100,000 or more consumers, or derives over 50% of the entity's gross revenue from the sale of personal data and controls or processes personal data of 25,000 or more consumers. So what this means is Utah's data privacy law is more restrictive and favorable for businesses than Colorado, Virginia, and California in that Utah provides that A, B, and one of the factors in C must apply for an organization to fall within the scope. So there are a lot more narrow requirements for a company to fall in the scope and it's not as broad as the other privacy laws we've discussed. Also, Utah's definition of a sale is similar to the more restrictive definition set out in Virginia's privacy law, where a sale involves an exchange of personal information for monetary consideration by a controller to a third party, not just any valuable consideration. Utah's law contains similar exclusions as Virginia and Colorado's, with regard to certain types of disclosures not being a sale, that being disclosures to processors or controllers affiliates, disclosures to a third party to provide a product or service requested by the consumer and the like. I won't go through all of them again and again because they really are consistent with Colorado and Virginia. Utah's law does, however, contain an exclusion that is not written into Virginia's and Colorado's privacy law. So, Utah excludes from the definition of a sale a controller's disclosure of personal data to a third party if the purpose is consistent with the consumer's reasonable expectations. So, again, this is a bit more business-friendly because if an argument can be made that the disclosure of personal information is... Consistent with what the consumer would expect, that would not be a sale. Next, consumer rights under the Utah privacy law are consistent with those set out in Virginia and Colorado's laws, but they're more restricted again. Utah provides the right of access, deletion, data portability, and opt out of certain data processing for the purposes of targeted advertising or the sale of personal data. However, Consumers do not have the right to request deletion of all of the personal information that the controller retains. Instead, consumers only have the right to delete the personal data that they provide to the controller. So this is a distinction from the other laws in that when a consumer makes a right to delete his or her personal information, that only applies to what they've actually provided not what the controller may have otherwise collected about them from other sources. Additionally, consumers do not have the right to opt out of profiling, and controllers do not have to recognize universal opt-out signals as a method for consumers to opt out. Also, under Utah's law, consumers do not have the right to correct inaccuracies in their personal information. Utah's law contains various controller obligations, just like Virginia and Colorado, with regard to controllers' collection, use, retention of personal information. However, under Utah's law, controllers' obligations are not as broad and extensive as the obligations are for controllers under Virginia and Colorado's laws. In Utah, controllers have obligations of transparency, including a privacy notice, parental consent to process personal information of minors under 13 years of age, which is consistent with federal COPA, Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. Controllers have the obligation of data security, responding to consumer requests. They must have data processing contracts in place between the controllers and processors, And similar to California's law, there is a right of consumers to non-discrimination with regard to the consumer exercising their personal data rights. So what does that mean? It generally means that if a consumer withdraws their consent to the sale of their personal information, they cannot be penalized due to that withdrawal of consent and exercising a legal right that is otherwise provided. There is no appeal process for consumers whose requests have been denied under Utah's privacy law. Finally, we're going to talk about Connecticut's data privacy law. Connecticut recently passed its law, which is called an Act Concerning Personal Data Privacy and Online Mentoring. Again, not a very catchy name. Connecticut's law was signed on May 10 of this year, 2022 and it goes into effect on July 1st of 2023. It's a pretty short turnaround. The Connecticut law is more in line with Virginia's and Colorado's data privacy law. Therefore, it is you know less flexible for businesses and provides more protection for consumers as a general matter. Connecticut's law applies to entities that conduct business in Connecticut or produce products or services targeted to Connecticut residents. So same two general categories as all the other privacy laws we've talked about in this episode. And that during the preceding calendar year, either A, controlled or processed the personal data of at least 100,000 consumers, excluding personal data controlled or processed solely for the purposes of completing payment transactions. So this is huge because that's a big area for the collection of personal information, is the processing of a payment transaction. And this is excluded from the definition of a controller being encompassed by Connecticut's law. So that is is helpful for controllers. The other element that could be met to bring a business under Connecticut's law is control or process the personal data of at least 25,000 consumers and derived over 25% of their gross revenue from the sale of personal data. So Connecticut's law has a lower threshold for revenue based on the control or processing of personal data than Virginia's. So it's 25% of gross revenue in Connecticut and 50% of revenue in Virginia, which operates to include more businesses in the scope of the Connecticut law. Connecticut's law, however, contains a higher threshold for revenue based on the control or processing of personal data than Colorado's law, so it's 25% of gross revenue in Connecticut and any percentage of gross revenue in Colorado, which operates to include fewer businesses in the scope of Connecticut's law. Connecticut excludes consideration of personal information that is processed solely for the purpose of completing payment transactions, which can be favorable if a business seeks to stay outside the scope of Connecticut law. It defines the sale of personal information more broadly, as does Colorado and California, which is the exchange of personal data for monetary or other valuable consideration by the controller to a third party. It provides similar consumer rights under Connecticut law to those in Colorado, the right to access where consumers can confirm whether the business has their personal data as well as receive access to the data, Uh, the right of correction, the right to request deletion, the right to data portability, uh, which applies to all personal data of the consumer, not just the personal data that was specifically provided by the consumer. So this broadens the right to data portability from Utah's law. And then finally, the right to opt out. Under Connecticut law, controllers are required to provide clear and conspicuous links on their websites, allowing consumers to opt out of various types of processing of their personal information. Starting January 1, 2025, Connecticut's law also requires controllers to recognize universal opt-out preference signals and indicate the consumer's intent to opt out of targeted advertising and sales. This is something we've also seen in some of the privacy laws we've discussed. The controller obligations under Connecticut's law are similar to those in California, Virginia and Colorado's privacy law, and I won't restate them again in detail, but as in those laws, controllers have obligations to limit the collection of personal information, limit the use of personal information to the disclosed purposes. Maintain reasonable security, which is again administrative, technical, and physical security. Transparency, you have a privacy policy. Vendor contracts between controllers and processors. And it also includes data protection assessments for activities that involve a heightened risk of harm to consumers. And then finally, obtain consent to the sale and targeted advertising of personal data from consumers aged 13 to 16, which is the age range protected under California's law, where you have to have affirmative consent from that age group and compliance with the consent requirements set out in COPA, which is to have parental consent if the individual is under the age of 13. Virginia, Colorado, Utah, and Connecticut are likely just the start of states enacting data privacy laws. Unfortunately, they are all differing, and as more and more states enact them, It's going to be a challenge for businesses to ensure that they are complying with the newly enacted laws and the variations that are under them. Further, the current laws are always subject to revision. Regulations are being issued by the various states, amended regulations. So really a business just needs to be, you know, Monitoring yeah, through their privacy attorney, perhaps they have a chief privacy officer through someone. What these developments and state's privacy laws are, so that they don't find themselves not in compliance. Hopefully, at some point there may be a federal law that will make compliance easier and more straightforward. But we just we don't have that at this time. So we are on a state by state level, just as we are with data breach notification laws. If your business needs any help in compliance with states' laws or keeping up to date, you know, which state is enacting various provisions, we're happy to help. This is the area, one of the main areas where I practice and others in our firm. So let us know, and I appreciate your time and listening. Thank you.